Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. But, uh, tonight, hey, listen, we have, uh, I, I wouldn't call him a, a, a special guest. It's his first time to preach here at Celebration, but we have a new member of our team, a new member of our staff, and uh, his name is Brian Schwartz. And uh, Brian... Many of you might remember Brian. He played linebacker for the Jags. He keeps telling me that he was the best linebacker that ever played for the for the Jags, and I'm I'm almost there. He was definitely one of the best. But (laughs) let me tell you the amazing thing about Brian: how we met. Okay, so Brian and and his wife and his kids. How many kids do y'all? Seven. That's that's a that's the number of completion. I think you're done there. That's a it's a lot. (laughs) And uh, maybe we need to hear Brian's wife preach, right? I mean, seven, that's like amazing. But uh, so listen how we met. So Brian had been attending our church and he had connected with Pastor uh, Chris Brooks. So long story short, um, Brian really, he's got a really awesome prophetic gift. And uh, he's been having a great ministry to athletes and he's been in Texas and and Colorado for a while. And then he moved back to Jacksonville. He's always had a heart uh, for Jacksonville. And um, so anyway, he got this word that was for me, but we, uh, he didn't know me. Uh, We really hadn't met. So he sent it to Chris. He recorded it and sent it to Chris on Chris Brooks's uh, phone. Okay, now watch this. So this was past, this was, Friday morning of Passover. That Friday night was Good Friday, was Passover, okay? So you'll know what happened to me on Passover night, right? That's when the the Lord appeared to me. First time ever in my life. And uh, Brian sent Chris this word to sum up. It was something like this. It was uh, Stovall is gonna have a life-changing encounter with the Lord Here's what he said, by the end of this month, I think it was March 31st, like it had to happen in in like 24 hours. He's gonna have a life-changing encounter with the Lord and he will never be the same from this moment. And, you know, several just awesome things. And so he told Chris, is is this how you should in, in something like that? He says, you know, you listen to it if you feel that it's right, give it to Stovall. If you, if you don't feel it's right, don't give it to him. I understand he doesn't know me, but I'm in prayer and I just had, I had to do this. So watch this. Chris never sent it to me. Okay. Don't y'all know Pastor Chris needs to get more spiritual? I mean, come on, man. No, he was planning on sending it to, you know, we're busy. It's, it's Easter weekend. It's Good Friday. He was going to give it to me. Just, you know, and, uh, and so that Friday night, Good Friday, that's when the Lord appeared to me. And, uh, and then so, you know, I'm besides myself in the green room afterwards and all that. And then Chris is helping me process everything. And he's like, man, you got to listen to this prophecy. I got to get you this. You got to listen to this word that, that, uh, that, that Brian, this guy Brian uh, sent me today. So I just couldn't do it that night. So the next morning, Carrie and I both listened to it. And I was like, wow, thank you, Jesus. Because that were, it was just, it was just such a great confirmation and just described so much. And so, so I was like, man, okay, I need to meet Brian. And, uh, and so, man, God's really knit our hearts together and he's part of our team now. And uh, so church, I just want you to give the best welcome you can. Come on to Brian Schwartz. Come on up, Brian. Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, come on, you can do, but no, I'm just kidding. We can do better for Jesus. Let's, let's give him a praise. Come on, let's lift our voices. Jesus, we love you. We bless you. Thank you for your presence tonight. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Um, Pastor Stovall, thank you. I, 
I love uh, your pastor and, and Carrie and the team. You guys have been so hospitable. I just really, really appreciate that. There's been so much love. And um, obviously being back in Jacksonville, I, I wanna be part of a kingdom move here, you know, in this region, in this city. And, and God's up to something pretty massive. I hope you guys feel that. Do you guys get a sense of that? Um, bef- yeah. Um, before we get into the word, we were, when we were worshiping, I, I, I started crying, and I'm, I'm not a big crier, and Diane will go, oh, whatever. I only cry with cheesy movies that have daddy issues in them. <laughs> Anybody see The Warrior with the two MMA brothers? Like, I wept in that. That's so silly, but I was crying tonight, and, and I felt like there's such, Jesus is, is so compassionate about his people. And it says in the Bible, when he was moved with compassion, that word compassion means all the way to the depth of his guts, he felt things for people. And I felt like there was a real compassion here tonight for, for us. And there's a particular group, there's a whole batch here tonight. I just, I wanted to pray for you before we jump into the word. There's a whole group here tonight that, man, your sleep is all messed up. I'm talking, it's not apnea, it's not something physiological. It's, it's literally, it's how, how prisoners of war are tortured is through sleeplessness. And I feel like the enemy's tried to t- like mess with some of y'all and, and torture you. It's, it's like a slow, painful torture. And so I know this is, this is the family of God, right? We just heard our pastor talk about it. Um, if that's you tonight, I just want you to lift your hands. Honestly, you're, you're getting tormented in your sleep. Okay, keep them up. Now, can, can, we, can you stand up, okay? This is not to expose or embarrass, this is just to stand in agreement because we're gonna pray with, if you're around them, um, if you're around them, if they would allow you, if you're uh, preferably women with women, men with men, if they would allow you to lay a hand on them, that would be amazing if you're surrounding them. Uh, we're gonna believe God together for this thing to be broken and your sleep cycles to get back in synchronization, okay? All right, do you believe this can happen? He says in his word that he gives to his beloved while they sleep. And so right now in the name of Jesus, we agree with, with just heaven tonight that there's breakthrough over all those that are being messed with in their sleep. We just declare over their lives right now, they have the mind of Christ. If you're laying hands on them right now, just release peace. We sang about it, peace be still. I I ask you right now just to release the word of peace. Just say, peace be still. Torment, go in Jesus' name. We break your power. How dare you come against this child of God? You have no right, you have no place. All torment, go in Jesus' name. All fear and anxiety, go in Jesus' name. Now, those of you that are receiving prayer, just lift your hands to God. He's gonna touch your minds right now. I'm telling you, there's something on the brain right now. All your neurotransmitters, all your synapses, your central nervous system. God is actually resetting. I can see it's like a circuit board. He's resetting the circuitry in your brain right now. And and the central nervous system is gonna start following what the brain is leading to do. It's gonna lead to serotonin being released, peace being released. Your neurotrans, you're gonna start firing an all cylinders again. The mental issues and the mental stress and the fog you've been over is gonna lift in the name of Jesus Christ, not because we say so, but because he says so in the mighty name of Jesus. And so, Father, we just lift our hands, we surrender and receive tonight in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. All right, you guys can be seated. Um, now, if you lifted your hands tonight, I'm, I'm not a guy that just randomly stands up and throws these things out. If you lifted your hands tonight, I, we wanna hear about the breakthrough. It has to be confirmed. I believe when you give a prophetic word like I gave that morning, I believe there has to be confirmation. Okay, so this is, a, this is for all of us to be accountable because when there are words like that, a word of knowledge, is simply God revealing something in a moment of time going, this is a need, this is what I wanna address. And so we want accountability with that. So you gotta tell us, if, if nothing happened, I wanna know, well, then come, we'll come again and we'll lay hands on you. I, I, if you get to know me, I'm like a cross between a, a golden retriever and a bear, which I think manifests like a pit bull. And I don't let go until there's something that breaks through. 
And I think we got to, Jacob was like that. He's like, I won't let go unless you break me through. And so I'm hoping tonight there's some people here that won't let go, won't give up after the first prayer. You know what I love about Pastor Stovall is that, that he, he, when he encountered Jesus and Jesus encountered him, he decided to obey at all costs. I respect that greatly. And, and I can tell you this is the season for us as a church and us as a people for the sake of this city and for the sake of this region. God desires obedience more than sacrifice right now. God came to the King Saul and Saul had actually offered a pretty sweet sacrifice if you look at it. And, and, and God goes, listen, I don't need your sacrifice, I need your obedience. Because even in sacrifice, you can give out of self-will and, and, and self-intent, right? But obedience is, is something that is the ultimate sacrifice. It's just saying, yes, sir, I'm gonna do your will. There's so much at stake right now. Do you guys feel that? And so tonight, what I wanted to do was, was unpack a, a couple encounters of people that, that they had with Jesus. And, and the title of this message, Matt, thank you. I, man, thank you. Doesn't Matt, he carries this anointing when he opens his mouth and the whole team does. Uh, it's, it's, it brings a real refreshing breakthrough. And so, man, I appreciate you and all you guys do for the church and all that you are. So thank you so much. Um, the title of this message is Don't Say I'm Not Ready. You know, in the kingdom of God, there's no practice squad. <laughs> Listen, one of the worst things on, a, on an NFL team is to be on practice squad. Because you gotta go through everything that active squad guys go through, but you never get to travel, you never get to go out on the field and get the spoils of what you worked for. There's something about the kingdom of God, if you don't participate, you, there's something about participation that brings so much joy. And this is the, the hour where we gotta get on the field. And like Pastor Stovall said Sunday, let your past be the past, it's time to move forward and go at a whole other pace. Some of y'all have learned this, you know, you hear about a secret place and quiet yourself before God. This is not the season to be still and know that he's God. There are seasons for that, but this is not that season. This is the season to dig in like never before because we're gonna, we have traction. The amazing thing about what God's doing here is there's traction. There's legitimacy. There's all kinds of horsepower in this room. Jesus, with his own disciples, he looked at them and said, guys, the harvest is truly plentiful. And he said, here's how I want you guys to pray. I want you to pray to the Lord of the harvest that what? He send out laborers into the harvest. That is not our prayer. That's an invalid prayer for us. There are plenty of laborers right here in this room. There's plenty. The problem is the laborers have been insulated from the truth we've been hearing that every member is a minister. The points where you feel disqualified in the kingdom of God, the very areas you got felt disqualified in become the very areas of qualification. Become the very areas of influence and authority. What you've gotten delivered in, you have instant authority to help others get free of. You can't say I'm not ready. Now, if you don't know Jesus, you haven't stepped in the airplane with him, you know what I mean? Jesus is this crazy pilot. You get on that plane, and sometimes we, we, we pray these little prayers and we do these soft little things, and all of a sudden you feel like you're just gonna get on autopilot until you reach eternity, right? And then all of a sudden, Jesus looks at the radar and sees a bunch of turbulence. Instead of avoiding it, he goes right into it. That's the kingdom of God. His first message was repent. For the kingdom of God is, is right now, it's within reach. Jesus didn't bring a message, he brought a kingdom, he brought a domain, he brought power. <laughs> Peter was great with Jesus when he started ministering from his boat, but as soon as Jesus took over the boat, 
it stirred up all kinds of unbelief. Jesus is taking over the boat. Amen? I hope you're excited about that. Jesus Christ, Christ is not a last name, right? Christ is a picture of who he is. He's the anointed one. To anoint something in the, in the Greek language means you smear it. Jesus was this one that was smeared with this, this tangible and yet intangible supernatural ability to move beyond human limitation. Right, the anointing, I don't think we can really define it. There was an old guy named Leonard Ravenhill who's an old revivalist and he, some of you have got a Leonard Ravenhill fan. That's old school right there. If you go listen to his stuff, get ready to get whooped. But he said this, he said, I can't tell you what the anointing is, but I can tell you when it's not there. The first time I stepped into a service here, Pastor Stovall wasn't minister, it was a Sunday morning, I woke up, looked, oh, by the way, my lovely wife, Diane, we've been married 23 years. We've got some of our kids here. Seven births is just crazy. And she's amazing and brilliant and just an awesome mom. And we've got some amazing kids. And uh, yes, I am a prolific breeder, and, and that is the truth. <laughs> the anointing is this thing that linked Jesus' humanity with the divine. Does that make sense? So, so when we read, when we get into these accounts, we're gonna look at two. We're gonna we'll look at one with a woman who was a Samaritan, then we're gonna look at another encounter in Luke 8. So one's gonna be in John 4, another's gonna be in Luke 8. Both of them had one encounter with Jesus, and through one encounter with Jesus, a village was transformed, and then the other in Luke 8, a demonized man, okay, who was filled with a legion of demons, through one encounter with Jesus, he changed a whole region. This is the one-step process of Jesus. How many of you like a one-step process instead of 12 to 24? It's possible. It's possible. When you look at John 4, and we're gonna go through some of the scripture, but we're just gonna highlight a few things along the way here. In John 4, Jesus is on a mission. He's heading from Judea up north to Galilee. And he's, he's doing something that a good Jewish rabbi would never do. He's cutting through Samaria. Now, I don't have time to go into the historicity of all this, the issue between the Jews and the Samaritans, but Jesus, this rabbi, has been on assignment. He said, I only do what I hear the Father tell me to do. I only say what I hear him tell, telling me what to say, right? He only spoke of the Lord's will and he only did according to what the Father wanted to do, right? And so somehow in that, that day, that morning, his mission, God said, I've got a mission for you and I'm gonna take you through Samaria. He ends up encountering this woman at the well. Look at this, verse one. Therefore, when the Lord uh, knew, I'm sorry, I'm in John 4. Okay, therefore when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples did, that tells you a little bit about what Jesus' mission was. He left Judea, departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. Verse five, he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Joseph's well was there, Jesus there, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well, it was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Imagine me meeting you for the first time. I don't know what your name is, ma'am. Imagine me, what is it? Jeannie, imagine me meeting you for the first time and I look exhausted and I'm weary and the first thing out of my mouth is, woman, get me a drink of water. How would that go? Right? Jesus broke all kinds of rules. You wanna know why I love Jesus? I love because he broke all kinds of man-made rules. And what you see right away with Jesus, even though he was not allowed legally, so to speak, to go through Samaria, he goes through there anyway. There's sometimes in the assignment, God takes you through areas you previously discarded. 
He connects you back with people that you once judged. See, when you're on assignment and the kingdom is the assignment, suddenly you end up ministering to your enemy. See, Jesus brought a kingdom that was, he said, you've heard it said, but I say to you. You see, he said, you gotta repent. That means you don't just change what you think. You're literally gonna have to change how you think about why you do everything when you see the kingdom. And so he encounters this woman, and, and it's crazy. Go, if you go to verse nine, this woman she says, the woman from Samaria said, how is it that you being a Jew, she's actually trying to help him out. How is it that you being a Jew are talking to me, a woman, and a Samaritan? Did you know in Jesus' day when they took a census, they didn't count certain people? Guess who they didn't count? Women and children. The reason I like Jesus so much is because he takes an enemy an overlooked one, one that's not counted and uses them as a hero in his story. Remember that little dude that showed up with two fish? Five loaves of bread? Wasn't even counted. Didn't even show up when you took the, the count of who was at attendance. And that's who Jesus is. He takes those that are overlooked, not accounted for, puts them in the game, uses them supernaturally. See, some of y'all have been trained to think that you gotta be qualified to do this stuff. I believe in training, but not at the expense of compassion and liberation. You see what I'm saying? Jesus Christ. Listen to me. Jesus connected with heaven through the anointing, but he did it as the last Adam and the second man. Jesus Christ is the prototype of a normal Christian life. I'll say that again. Jesus Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit as a man, put self-imposed restrictions on, on him to, to, to come through our limitations as, a, as humans, was anointed by the Holy Spirit, was smeared with something, and every time he bumped into darkness, darkness had to move. And I would argue through one encounter, cities can be changed, regions can be transformed. Through one encounter. It's proven scripturally. So if it was done then, it can be done now. Right? He doesn't need more labors, we already got him. When you pray that prayer, you're asking him to send you. He's breaking the rules. There was this thought that if you touch somebody that had a disease, you would get that disease, right? There was this thought in Jesus' day. And, and yet, when somebody would touch Jesus, what was on him and in him was stronger than the disease. I would argue when you go into the school, when you go into the workplace, when you go into your home, what's in you is stronger than any adversary. Um, it is. There's another account in Luke 8 that we probably won't look at the full scriptures, but it's the account of the demoniac. Anybody remember that account? It's interesting, Jesus on the way to this mission, he goes through a storm. Remember he was sleeping? How many you know that Jesus was pretty confident that he wasn't gonna die in a tragic boating accident? <laughs> right, he was convinced if God gave him an assignment, God was gonna back it. What if we started stepping out, if God gives us an assignment, and by the way, your assignment is where you have influence. Your assignment is what you've been delivered of, now that's your assignment to go liberate others. If he gives you an assignment, he promises to back up the assignment. Wonder how we would step out if we really believe that. 
He gets to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. They come through the storm. You know, he stood up. He rebuked the waves. Now, can I just encourage you with something? Jesus, when he's standing in that boat saying, peace be still to a natural storm, he's doing that as a man. See, some of y'all think he switched currents. Like, in those moments, he became God. No, Philippians 2 tells us he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grabbed hold of and and lead to an entitlement to do these things. He did it as a surrendered man, yielded to the Holy Spirit. Now he had a little advantage, he had a sin-free nature. That's a good start. But he stood and rebuked natural storms as a man filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe think of it like this, Holy Spirit in us for us, but Holy Spirit on us for others. Right, he gives us Holy Spirit to lead to transformation through the knowledge of Jesus. We have everything pertaining to life and godliness, right? Through the knowledge of Jesus, we get to know the truth and that truth does what? Sets us free. Jesus Christ possessed the truth, possessed the spirit, but when he rebuked the wind and the waves, it was as a man filled with the power of God under the anointing of God. Then he crosses over. He goes into a region that is a pagan region. How many of you know that when God you know, basically says that a certain animal is unclean like pigs and you're now raising them, how many of you know that causes a little bit of issue between you and the Lord? He goes into a region and he's met immediately by a demonized man. This demonized man falls to his knees in front of Jesus and worships. If a demonized man that has, let's say he has 2,000 demons, legitimate legion number, that means your demons have demons. If the anointing on Jesus' life was so strong that it couldn't prevent this guy from worshiping, what's our excuse? (laughs) What keeps us from worshiping? Now, did you get a different Holy Spirit than Jesus got? I think it's a legitimate question, just to sit, just for a moment, think about it. Look at your neighbor and go, have you thought about this lately? Did you get a different Holy Spirit than Jesus had when he walked the earth? What if we started pressing in for the anointing level to rise in our lives to such a point that it's equal or greater to the problems that we see all around us? Like what if our focus went to spending time every morning with Jesus going, okay, what's my assignment? Is there anywhere I'm out of alignment? I coach my son's middle school football team and I drill at every practice. Here's what I say every time to the linebackers. Alignment, assignment, attack. Because if, (laughs) come on now, if if they can get lined up right, they know their their assignment, right? Alignment, assignment, attack. That's all you need if it works in, Hey, if it works in middle school football, it'll work at the office. We make it so hard. Come on, do you really need me to tell you where you're out of alignment with God? You know. How many of you know where you're out of alignment right now? It's that simple, figure out every day, Lord, where am I out of alignment? Get back into alignment, ask him for the assignment, and go attack. Yeah. 
really simple. One demonized man through this encounter, Jesus, of course, through the Spirit of God, casts out these demons. See, you don't have to go looking for demons, but when they show up, just cast them out. Just trust that if Jesus said you can expel demons, you can. And it, you don't have to talk with them and communicate and hold a conversation and lather yourself all up and yell real loud. Just walk them through the, the, the deception they've been under. Break the lies, have them agree. Renounce the enemy, he must flee. It kind of rhymed. We make it so hard. But again, our anointing level, that thing that links us to the divine that takes us past human limitation, you can't reason with a demon. Man, I was casting a demon out of a young girl one time, and, and, and this demon, I was feeling a little bit high and mighty. You know, I had this message inside of me, like, you know, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And, and you know, I put up my, my dukes, and I'm, I'm battling this demon, and, and I thought I had it going on. All of a sudden, the demon screams through her, pride. This demon began to call out pride in me. You know what I did? I was like, thank you. You're right, I'm full of pride right now. See, I was out of alignment. When you're out of alignment, it's hard to carry authority. Some of you have heard this grace message, which is awesome, but grace without empowerment to overcome evil is stupid. <laughs> Welcome, hi, <laughs> I'm Brian. Can I just encourage you guys? Whoever you're criticizing, you'll never reach. Whatever you, whoever you're complaining about right, right now, you're not gonna ever reach them. How many like to see political figures reached for the kingdom of God? Show of hands, those of you that just clapped. How many of you complained have complained recently about certain political figures. <laughs> Not as much enthusiasm. <laughs> See, Jesus, when the law of holiness competed with the law of compassion, he went with compassion. So this woman had been looking for love in all the wrong places. And now she's encountering the lover of her soul. She went in there naturally thirsty. And in one moment, Jesus gives her a word of knowledge by the Holy Spirit through the anointing of God and says, go get your husband. And she goes, I don't have a husband. Then he, God gives him a word of knowledge and says, you've answered correctly. You've had five failed marriages and the one you're living with right now is not your husband. Do you know how many of us would have wilted and got offended and cried? How many of you want a word like that? Like, like tonight, God gives me a word of knowledge and I call out all your sin. Alignment, yeah, that's right. But you see, there was something about what was on Jesus that made this woman feel loved, even with the diagnostic of truth. And you read a little bit later in the account, she goes back, and New King James, I love it. I know it can be interpreted in different translations differently, but it says she went back and told the men, your assignment is where you have influence. Where did she have the most influence? Come on, let's be real. That is good. 
You want to know where your assignment is? It's where you have influence. It might be the very thing God ripped you out of. He may be equipping you to go back in as a ballistic missile and blow something up. She goes back, tells the men, the men are intrigued, they start showing up to Jesus, right? And then Jesus says something to them, his own disciples. As the people are coming, he looks at his disciples that were sometimes a little slow. (laughs) And says, don't you guys ever say there's four months till the harvest. How many of you have ever said, man, the ground's too hard. It's just too hard there. How many of you have ever said that? Come on. Man, my workplace is just too hard. Man, the public school system is just too hard. Can we agree that the domain over our public school system is not the kingdom domain? Now, some of you that are in that environment and teaching that environment, we need to support you and pray for you and believe with you because you've been sent in there on assignment to bring a kingdom inside of another domain. There's, There's a rule there, it's a domain, it's a kingdom there, but the kingdom in you is superior to the kingdom there. And so every time you step onto that campus, something shifts. Jesus was bringing a kingdom and invading space. Now these guys are coming, the whole city's coming, and he looks at his disciples and says, stop making excuses. The harvest is now. Did you know that one woman's hunger and brokenness and one encounter with Jesus took a harvest that was four months away and brought it to right now? I believe our hunger, our wantingness to risk, takes a harvest that might have been 10 years from now and brings it right now. Do you believe that? It doesn't take a lot. There's not a formula here. It's really simple. You're jacked up and messed up, right? You have an encounter with Jesus. You meet the lover of your soul. You start rethinking all the other pursuits you've had to try to bring fulfillment and love, right? You go back to the group you once had influence with and once they influenced you. You go back to them and start telling them all that Jesus did. Now they start getting intrigued because I remember the first time I rolled into a Bible study, I was the least likely to stay saved. Remember rolling up to our quarterback's house and coming in there and my wife that was terrified about me being a dad because I was really bad at being a husband. (laughs) Driving over there going, man, if there's one guy God hates, it's me. (laughs) Fully convinced. I show up and all the other guys I ran and partied with, they're there. Honestly, a part of me was like, Bible study could be fun. I remember sitting in that meeting, somebody preaching the gospel of the kingdom and hearing how much God loved me, but simultaneously aware of how much I had offended him. I I started to see all the empty pursuits, trying to get life out of stuff that ended up bringing me death. And if what this guy said was true, How could I refuse that? And I went up to him afterwards, I'm weeping and crying and he's going, what's going on with you? And he's talking in this weird little Southern Texas drawl and and, and I'm crying and I go, I don't know about anything else you said, but I need this Jesus you talked about. I need it really bad. And he looks at me, he says, well, pray. I looked at him, I said, what are you talking, you pray. 
And here's what came out of my mouth. This better be real. Wasn't a sinner's prayer. <laughs> Dearest Lord, please forgive it. No, it was none of that. It was, Lord, I'm wrecked. I've tried everything else and it's destroyed me. This better be real. And a nine foot angel just said, I'm kidding, nothing like that happened. <laughs> I encountered the anointing. The anointing on that man's life was stronger than my issues. The anointing on that message was stronger than my dysfunction. The anointing on Jesus' life is stronger than her five failed marriages. It's stronger than this guy who had probably believed multitudes of lies that opened the door up to the enemy. All these people come and they now start believing Jesus, not because of her word, because of his word. See, to be a witness means you're just a great at inviting people to confront and encounter Jesus. You don't have to be a superstar. Just tell them what he's done for you. Just tell them. Whole city, whole village transformed in a place that Jesus was not supposed to go. There's people in this room, you've been assigned to some dark environments and you're afraid that what's in that environment's gonna overwhelm you. And that's a legitimate fear if you're not empowered by the Holy Spirit. Man, I used to hang out in the witchcraft section of bookstores. Some of you are afraid to go in that area of the bookstore. Oh no, what's, what's there is mysterious and could hurt me. I would hang out there because, man, if they're looking for self-help and they're dabbling in witchcraft, they got some needs. What if I bring them a prophetic word from God? You see what I'm saying? Like, you start doing that kind of crazy stuff. I dabbled in witchcraft, so when I got free of witchcraft, guess what I had authority in? This demonized guy, now he's sitting in his right mind, he's sitting at the feet of Jesus. He went from eating puppies to sitting at Jesus' feet like a puppy. Come on, when he met him, he was naked, tormented, demonized, terrorizing everybody. He's sitting there at Jesus' feet. All the people see him in his right mind. You know what's crazy about this is that people are more afraid of somebody getting radically saved and clean than they are of the demons. You know, they're more comfortable with demons in their region. And it comes time for Jesus to leave. The, the, the old boy, he's gonna get in the boat with Jesus. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. You don't get to come. You gotta go back home. See, if I'm that guy, I ain't going back home either. <laughs> Think about what he did back home. But Jesus goes, no, your assignment is not in this boat. You have to go back home and just go tell them what God has done for you. You read a little bit later in Mark 7, Matthew 10, the next time Jesus came through that region, they brought all the sick, all the lame, all the oppressed. They all got set free. 10 cities. 10 cities in a region got transformed by a guy that formerly had a legion of demons. You know what we would be prone to do, right? Okay, hop in the boat, buddy, let's go. Let's get you trained up. Let's go through this step and base path number one and let's go to, you know, we'll take them through the base paths and we'll get them all trained up. Jesus didn't give the woman at the well a quick list of inventory and how to figure it out. You know, I love training and equipping, but at the end of the day, you gotta just go. Alignment, say it with me. Alignment, assignment, attack, right? I'm gonna close with this one story. Um, I was in Boulder, Colorado, a city that um, 
I was not fond of. This message for me is real. I mean, I used to criticize Boulder. It was a, it was a headquarters of witchcraft where the, the author of the Satanic Bible lived there, all this stuff. On top of that, I had lost a dear friend that was from Boulder, and there was just this thing. All of a sudden, God said, you'll never reach those you hate and criticize. I started going over to Boulder, and I started reaching out to all these drifters, homeless drifters, young people, and I just started being a dad. Just started going down there, getting their story, just loving on them. One day, this kid I met, his name was Space. That was his name. He was recovering, he was an addict. That was his nickname, Space. He had hurt, he had hurt his ankle, he could barely walk. And so I was like, I began to talk to him. I said, Space, I wanna pray for you. God's gonna heal your ankle. All of a sudden, I see his eyes light up. He's looking over my shoulder and five of these dudes start coming. They're rough looking. And they come up and we introduce each other. I just hug them. I'm like, I feel like I'm part of the family. And I said, guys, perfect timing. We're gonna pray for space. God's gonna heal his ankle. One guy was like, cool, I'm an energy healer. <laughs> so this was my prayer team, no exaggeration. Two energy healers, a tarot card reader, and another guy that was just confused. I say, here's what we're gonna do. I didn't give him a teaching on Hebrews 6. I said, lay your hands on Space's ankle. God's gonna heal him right now. Now, when you do that, you're simultaneously terrified and expectant. When you start stepping out, man, you get freaked out. Internally, there's, this, there's this, this current in you that goes, you're gonna fail, you're gonna fail, you're gonna miss it, you're gonna look like an idiot. And then there's the Spirit of God going, just trust me. Right? So, I, they lay hands, I don't touch space, and I say, in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. No exaggeration, the power of God hits in such a way that they all feel it, they pull their hands off, and they go, what the bleep was that? So that is the power of God to show space how much God loves him and takes care of him. Now, a couple of them got saved, but here was what was cool. I gave them each some money. And I listened as they walked away with joy. No kidding, space got completely healed. He starts jumping on his ankle, gets completely restored. I hear them walking away and this is what they're saying. I know what we need to do with this money. Let's give it away. Now what's the point of that? In the kingdom of God, Jesus himself said, the disciples at the woman at the well, the disciples came and said, did somebody give you something to eat? You look refreshed. Jesus said, I have food you guys don't know about. I do the will of the Father. See, some of you guys have nourishment needs because you're holding on to what you're supposed to give away. In the kingdom of God, if you try to preserve your life, you end up losing it. You only get to keep what you give away. So tonight, my question for you all is this, are you ready? No, I'm serious, Are you? do you really want this region to change? No, 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 listen to me. Do you really want this city to be transformed? Are, are you really the repairer of the breach, the restorer of age old, are, are we really that? Seriously, are we actually that? Are we hungry enough to start getting with him every day and crying out for the anointing to grow to such a level that it equals the problems in people's lives. To when we show up, the atmosphere does change. We don't just pray it, it actually changes. Let's stand to our feet right now. I want to just simply pray and believe God 
How many of you get a sense tonight that God wants you to grow in hunger and in thirst and he wants to encounter you at a whole other level? How many of you believe it for that? One woman's brokenness combined with an encounter with Jesus changed this city. One demonized man with an encounter with Jesus changed the region. Now, how many folks do we have in here that have had an encounter with Jesus? One of you, great. I feel like God's going, it's time to go to the next level. Father, we lift our hands tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. And we're asking what was on you, Jesus, you would smear us with it. Come on, just ask him right now. Would you smear me with what was on you? So that when I bump into somebody, what's on me gets on them. Would you give me the courage and the faith? Now I'm speaking to somebody, some of you felt like your past has disqualified you. You literally felt like your failed marriage, your failed marriages, your financial failures, the issues you've had in your past, you've actually felt like it's DQ'd you. I'm talking to you. If you felt DQ'd because of your past, I want you to come right up to the altar right now. Get out of your seat and come up right now. God is gonna transform you in the twinkling of an eye, in the moment. His ability to change you is greater than your ability to grow. His ability to transform your past does not DQ you. As you're coming, just begin to press in and lift your hands to God right now. Holy Spirit of God right now, just as you did in me, just as you did in the woman at the well, just as you've done in Pastor Stovall, just as you've done in many of our lives, would you come right now and invade this place, invade this very space and release your anointing. Let it grow to the capacity to meet needs and problems like never before. If that's you, I want you to just to disagree uh, with heaven. I believe the assignment for my life is greater than the dysfunction of my past. Come on, the assignment in your life is greater than your dysfunction. It's greater than your sin. It's greater than your anything you've done to harm yourself or hurt yourself or hurt anyone else. The fire of God is here, I'm telling you, the, the literal fire of God is here to burn away impurities and yet refine what is the kingdom. The Lord's refining right now. And so let's all begin to cry out as a church, Father, would you come now and burn away what is waste and refine what is kingdom. We release your presence in this room like never before. We agree that the assignment over our lives is greater than the problem we're in right now. Fill us with your anointing. Fill us with your grace. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.